Welcome everyone to Coaching in Session. My name is Michael Reardon, and I'll be your mindset coach today. And today we're going to be talking about the mind, all about mindset. Why do you do the things you do? And if you ever look at your life, you will notice that you do things sometimes unconsciously or subconsciously, but you take actions toward the things that you're thinking about, how you have been taught perhaps, and there's going to be more to it. And that's what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode of Coaching in Session. If you're new to the channel, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and stay tuned for more Coaching in Session. Now, when we look at why someone does something, they have to have that desire. They have to have some type of motive. For example, if you need to go to work, most people have a motive to go to work because if they don't go to work, they don't have a roof over their heads. They don't have food to put in their belly. We have a motive for why we do the things we do. Now, when you have your passion, your purpose, when you find that, it's a little bit easier for your passion, your gift, your motive to push you. So instead of going to work just to pay the bills, you're going to work to feel fulfilled. The problem in our current society is that many people don't know their why. Many people don't even know the reason why they do the things they do. They wake up, they go on their smartphone, they push themselves out of the bed, maybe after hitting the snooze button a few times, and then they go off in their day. They carry on with life, and when they come home, they sit down on the sofa and they don't do much. It's complacency. Why are you complacent? Now, we have to look at that too, because that's the starting point. Many people who come to me are people who can achieve great things in life. Every one of you can achieve great things in your life. The problem is you don't know where to start. You don't know how to do it. You don't know your why. And if you knew your why, then you would be taking more action because it's going to wake you up. It's going to keep on pushing you when you're tired, when you want to give up. It's going to say, I'm going to come back whether you like it or not. So you can either start and finish or try to quit and I'm coming back later. That's why some people, they do the same type of work their whole entire life. Maybe they're in accounting one year, then finance another year, and a little bit of that is going to be skill set, but some of it is going to be, all right, I'm good at this job, I know I can do it, and I'm just going to stay in that area because I know I can succeed. The fear of failure. The next part is, I really enjoy accounting, I'm really good at numbers, and I want to do this for the rest of my life. The reason, right? You're passionate your gift. Now, when you're looking at the reason why you do things, then we can start to look at, all right, this is where we need to change. This is what we need to change. This is how we need to operate. Because if you already know your why, your passion, your gift, your purpose, then we are already one step ahead of the curve. But if you don't, then we have a little bit of work to do. So let's start at looking at the work that needs to be done if someone doesn't know their why. If someone is having a hard time figuring out the things they do and the reason behind that action, then the only thing we have to look at is their childhood. It is that simple. How did you grow up? Tell me about it. Because right now we have pathways in our mind that are going to be looking at the environment and the behavior. Because if you're in an environment that you don't like and you're staying there, well, then we need to look at the behavior. What type of behavior did you see when you were younger? Did you have a mother or father? So it would just depend on if you're male or female. 
If you were a female, you would see your mother. If you were a male, you would see your father. If you didn't have a father figure, you would find a father figure, right? So you would find a best friend, maybe someone on the block. It doesn't matter. It has to be a father figure. That person is going to be kind of showing you the ropes, how it's done. Why do you think gang members are congregated in the hood? Because if the father is not there to say, hey, son, don't do this, the son has to go out and find a male figure. The mom can't do it. Now, women can do a great job raising children, but it's something different in the male brain that a male needs another male in order for them to mm, click. That makes sense. Now, of course, not saying that you do not offer some value to your child because that is not the truth. What needs to be talked about is you need to raise him to be the best person he can be, instill wisdom in him, and then help him find mentors. And if he chooses his own mentors, he's going to be the product of his environment. Now, there's a caveat. Just because I look at my environment doesn't mean I'm going to conform to that environment. That's the key. Just because I had a bad environment does not mean I'm going to conform to my environment. If you are growing up in the ghetto, you have two choices. See that environment as this is my life or see that environment as I do not want this to be my life. You put that into every aspect of your life, whether that be relationship, careers, personal development, doesn't matter. It goes with anything. Now, so we look at the environment. We know what we want. We know what we don't want. We know if we're going to change. We know if we're going to stay the same. Then there's the other side. Now we're going to look at the behavior. Because if it's not the environment, let's say you were silver spoon, mm, silver spoon, and you grew up in an affluent home and you have both a mother and a father, great friends, you don't have a care in the world. Why do you do the things you do? We have to look at behavior because your environment is already nurturing, it's already caring, it's already full, helping you get that development you need. But the behavior is where you're going to need work if you're not operating under the bounds of who you would like to be. The behavior can be anything. And that can be from how mom treats dad, how dad treats mom, how grandma treats your parents, how your family and people around you associate with other people. Now, let's use some examples. For example, racism is not instinctual. Racism is learned. You learn racism. If you don't see color, as in this person's a different color, then you're going to be looking at behavior and then associating people of that color with that behavior. If I ask to describe a black man, just, you know, your typical black man, someone might say tall, maybe handsome, slender, basketball players, rappers, that's the view. And then when you see a black man walking down the sidewalk and you're in the car and you forget to lock your door, oops, let me lock the door really quick. That's prejudice because we associate black people with those things. Now, when I was young, I was taller and everyone always saw, oh, wow, you're so tall. You're probably a basketball player. Okay. I mean, it's nothing to be offended about, right? But we do it unconsciously and it just 
adds up and it adds up and it adds up. And then we wonder where this whole critical race theory talk is coming about. And it's because they want people to realize, hey, we're not brothers and sisters. And then the government is talking about critical race theory. And they're like, you're not brothers and sisters, you're enemies. You're not supposed to like each other. Because over the years, we have realized we have come together as people. And we have said that we can live together, brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter about your race, your gender, your religion. We can be as one. But if our behavior is not right, we have to rewire and unlearn some of those negative behaviors that we have learned. And that's going to be challenging. And behavior is going to be challenging because you have to change you. You have to change the way you think, the way you operate. And change is painful. If anyone tells you change is easy, they didn't change properly, right? They probably just did a fresh cone of paint and they left all the rust underneath. Eventually, that rust is going to seep through that paint. And that, that's what happens in life, right? We cover up what is happening in our life. And it does stem from when we were younger. Just looking at the two pillars of childhood development, environment and behavior, we can see that there has to be some correlation in how we develop in the proper manner, focusing on our why. And just looking at that pillar, whatever it is, whether it be environment or your behavior, you just have to see, okay, what needs to be tweaked? Where did this come from? Because I learned it somewhere. And you can learn laziness from somewhere. You can learn being hateful from somewhere. You can learn being prejudiced from somewhere. And I'm not saying to be ignorant, and I'm not saying to operate under the bounds of, oh, I don't know what's going on, so I'm just going to live carefree and everyone loves me. As much as I would like everyone just to be on the same team, people don't know how to be team players. There's going to be people in the world that we have to learn how to identify them by the character that they present to the world, present to you. And sometimes it can be an instinct where you have a feeling and you say, well, I don't think this person is going to be good in my life. And then sometimes you're going to say, hmm, I think this person is great. Happens a lot in relationships. This person is so great, so amazing. And then before you know it, I hate that person. They broke my heart. They cheated on me. Why do we do the things we do? And it's so much more than just the action. Because you can wake up in the morning and go throughout your day and come home and do the same things for the rest of your life. Same schedule. We have a routine problem. We have a challenge problem. We have a mindset problem. People do not even understand the actions that they do mean something. So when we look at our why, why do I do the things we do? You have to look at the things you do on a given day, your routine, right? If you're looking for change and you just have to ask yourself, do you like it or if, or if you don't like it? Because if you don't like something, then you change it. And I'll give you an example of my change because I think that change can be reflected in any situation. I have multiple situations, but I'm going to give you the one from where I went from being a teacher to being a coach. So when I was a teacher, I would go into work, loved every minute of the day. And the kids were so loving. They were so happy to be there. There was just love. They were just there to be people. They were just there to learn. Now, sometimes they would come in with their limited mindsets and they would say, 
I'm no good at this and I can't do this and I can't do that. And I say, okay, well, let's do it anyway. And then we get to work. And by the end of my first year of teaching, those limiting beliefs that they were spewing as soon as I got into that room, I'm no good at this. I can't do this. My mom said I can't do this. I'm not good at it. Guess what happened? They didn't say it anymore. Why did that happen? I basically just rewired their thinking. I changed away their pathways in their brain, saw different tasks. So the task that I wanted them to do was music. So why do you hate music? Why do you think you're not a good singer? Why do you think you're not amazing? And they would say, I don't know. I'm just not good at it. That was to believe they had been feeding themselves their whole entire life, maybe. Or one of their friends said, hey, you're not a good singer. You shouldn't sing. You sound terrible. Guess what happens? Now that child doesn't want to do anything. And that one negativity is going to weigh more than 100 positives, regardless of three positives for every negative. Peer pressure is powerful. And if you know how to use peer pressure when you're a teacher, effectively and positively, then you can be even a more effective teacher. And that's going to be for another episode. We're not going to get into that. But for the people who were operating in their limiting bounds, it went away because I changed the way they were thinking. I said, we're not going to worry about that because we have something else to do. We have to worry about the good singing. We have to worry about all the music we're going to be learning and listening to and playing. Then they started to say, well, I have work to do. I have to get to work. Let me put on my shoes and let's get to work. And put on my hat and let's get to work. Put on my coat. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. And that's what's missing in society today. Challenge. The work ethic. Put them to work. So, now teaching for a while, doing great, moved to special education, loving it. And when I was working with those students, they had the same thing. Oh, I can't do this. I'm not supposed to be doing this. And sometimes they weren't supposed to be doing things right because they were going to be a negative behavior. But most of the time they were going to be saying, oh, I can't do this because I'm not good at it. They found something that they're not good at and they don't want to do it. So they don't want to make improvements. If you don't want to make improvements from a young age, what makes you think you're going to improve your life when you're an adult? You think you're just going to wake up one day and say, oh, I want to be better. Oh, I want to have more potential. I want to go reach success. I want to be the top 2%. It doesn't work that way. You need to fix what was the problem. Same thing. You can't paint over rust. You have to fix it first. And if you have a childhood trauma, that needs to be addressed. And that's why so many people should go see a therapist or should go work with a coach because they need to vent something. They need to figure out, okay, this is the reason why I'm doing the things I do. This is my behavior. And you can look at your behavior And you can say, I don't like it, but you keep doing it, right? It has become inlaid in our brain. So we have to rewire that. And after special education, moving on. So I was like, okay, well, what do I want to do with my life? So I started thinking. I started reading more books. I started to look at self-help. And for me, it was a long journey. It probably took two to three years just for me to figure everything out to get stronger, to get better, to change everything that was negative about the way I was operating. And the way I was operating to me is negative is I was allowing complacency to set in. I was allowing people to dictate my terms. I was looking at society and I wanted to be a member of society. 
I wanted to say, I want to be part of everyone. I want everyone to like me. That was the challenge. I had to let that go and then operate under my why. Why am I going to do this? Why am I doing this? What do I love about what I do? And I will tell you, along the journey, I had many mentors, many coaches, because every person is going to have a different experience. And the concept that I like to think about is more tools for the toolbox. Right now, you might have a toolbox in your garage, and that toolbox is filled with tools you haven't used for years. Maybe if you just got the toolbox, then maybe not. Sometimes you need tools, sometimes you don't. And more often than not, you're not going to need that many tools, but we keep them there just in case. And the same thing is true with our mindset. We keep it there just in case. Well, the problem is that some of the tools that we use consistently might not be the tool for the job. You might be using a screwdriver for a nail, not a screwdriver for a screw. Or a screw and a hammer, it doesn't work. So we find something that we, oh, this is how I've always been doing it. We operate under, this is how it's always been done, so I'm going to keep doing it that way. Guess what happens? We keep doing it and it becomes even more challenging. Because if you ever try to hammer a screw, it's not easy. But now we have to look. Okay, we know we have the tools. We know we have the knowledge. We know we have the passion. We know we have the drive. In order for us to do the things that we want, guess what needs to start to happen? We need to get up. We need to rise. We need to present ourselves to our higher self and say, I want to reach this level. I want to become more potent. I want to reach my potential. I want to have something in life. I want to be able to accomplish something in life. And as long as we have those ideas and ideals, then we can start to say, okay, well, let's take action towards those things. Because there's a reason why you stay in bed in the morning. There's a reason why you don't go to the gym. There's a reason why you don't go shopping and eat a nutritious meal. All right. And it all stems on your makeup. How were you developed? And just because you developed to a person doesn't mean you can't change that person. Depending on the change, it's going to be different, right? It's going to require either more or less work. The change that I had to do wasn't necessarily so drastic where it was like, oh my goodness, I'm changing everything about my life because my environment was good when I was growing up, even though I grew up in the ghetto. How I viewed my environment growing up in the ghetto was the opposite. I didn't look at the ghetto and say, well, this is my life. I'm going to settle for this. I said, I'm going to push myself and get more in my life. No matter what, no matter how much energy I'm going to push. And that's what I did. I pushed and I kept on pushing until I got to a place where I said, all right, I'm out of the ghetto, but where do I want to go next? There's always a goal behind the goal. Our motive doesn't change. And even if I look at my experience living in the ghetto, I learned so many things. I gained so many tools for the toolbox. And those are going to be associated with challenge and it's going to be associated with the development of a person because how you view a situation is on how your mind is structured. When I saw a situation, I saw, do I like this or do I not like this? And when I realized this is not what I wanted, I might have been associated with people who were doing these things Right? I had good friends in college and high school who would go out and they would do negative type of behavior things. 
but they were still good people. We all cared for each other. The love was there, even though we might not say I love you, the love was there. People are good. Yet we victimize ourselves. Yet we tell people, hey, this person is bad, these people are bad. And then we listen. Why do we do the things we do? So CNN comes on and they say, these people are terrorists, they're mean people. Why do we do the things we do? So we say, oh, these people are battled. I'm going to complain. I'm going to write a letter or I'm going to go to the grocery store. And when I see this person, I'm going to tell them how bad they are. What do you think that does to your brain? What do you think it does to their brain? It creates separation. It creates divide. It creates inaction. Because now we can be victims. And as long as we can be a victim, we don't have to take any effort. We just say, this is my life. This is what I accept. I just wanted to reach this spot in life and I was able to accomplish it. So as long as I have that, I'm going to be okay. People have lost the ability to be daring. Why are you not daring? Why are you not pushing yourself? Why do you allow complacency to take over your life? There's a reason why we do the things we do. And if you can start to look at your mindset and figure out, all right, this is my why, or this is why I do the things I did, and whether that be looking at your childhood, your adult life, figure out what things need to be changed, what things need to be rewired. And of course, you can go to RevanConcepts.com. You can sign up for coaching to help you figure out why are you doing the things you do? Because many times we are our own worst enemy. And if we can figure out how not to be an enemy and to be a friend, then we can start to make tremendous progress in life. If you're just tuning in, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and to share this video. I will see everyone on the next episode of Coaching in Session. Until then, everyone take care.